about the earth, and I'm an earthling. I usually think about it as one strange rock orbiting in space around an average star. And when you think about the earth, what do you think about? Earth makes me think about my place in the universe, forcing me to seek answers to some of the biggest questions I have. So questions about our existence and mysteries of the universe, such as what is the possibility of life somewhere up there? Guys, how are you? Hope you have a great weekend. And I'm sure you have、uh, read on the Twitter. And if you have not, about Elon Musk giving out hundred million dollars to invest in the best idea for carbon capture technology. So, what are your thoughts on carbon capture? I am very curious to know what are your thoughts and what I have found out. From what really is carbon capture, and if it is really beneficial for us,、uh, probably I have to leave it to you, and, and you tell me what you think. Okay, by dropping your comments or even emailing me.、Um, so, from what I have researched, right? So, carbon capture technologies can really cause more harm than good. And what do I mean by that? So, capturing carbon from the air is one proposed method for reducing carbon dioxide. Okay, so it reduces the carbon dioxide that is in the atmosphere, and which henceforth reducing the risk of climate change. So, which is really good, good, good. But all sorts of scenario have been developed as well under the assumption that carbon capture is actually reducing substantial amounts of carbon. So, even if you have 100% capture from the capture equipment, it is still worse, according to a professor of civil and environmental engineering and a senior fellow at Stanford University. So, he was claiming that, from a social cost perspective, rather than replacing a coal or gas plant with a wind farm, because carbon capture never reduces air pollution. And it is always, it does always has a capture equipment cost. So when replacing fossil fuels, also reduces air pollution, and never has a capture equipment cost. Now, what is your thought on that? So, carbon capture estimates versus reality. Okay, this is what I have written down during my research. After I hear the. The、uh, the good news from I mean anything that is saving the climate to me is good news. So, so carbon capture estimates versus reality. According to this professor Jacobson from Stanford, he examined public data from a coal with carbon capture electric power plant and a plant that remove carbon from the air directly. In both cases, electricity to run the capture technology came from natural gas. He calculated the net CO2 reduction and total cost of the carbon capture process in each case, accounting for the electricity needed to run the carbon capture equipment, the combustion and upstream emissions resulting from that electricity, and in the case of the coal plant, its upstream. 
emissions. Upstream emissions are emissions including from leaks and combustion, from mining and transporting a few such as coal or natural gas. So common estimates of carbon capture technologies which only look at the carbon captured from energy production of a fossil fuel plant itself and not upstream emissions say they can remediate 85 to 90% of carbon emissions. So once Jacobson from Stanford calculated all the emissions associated with these plants that could contribute to global warming, he converted them to the equivalent amount of carbon dioxide in order to compare his data with the standard estimate. He found that in both cases, the equipment captured the equivalent of only 10 to 11% of the emission they produce, average over 20 years. So, with all this data that's been presented currently, what are your thoughts on carbon capture? And there's also high energy needs and cost of carbon capture equipment involved. So, probably renewables will always be better. What will you think? So, for both types of plant suggest that even if carbon capture equipment is able to capture 100% of the carbon it is designed to offset, the cost of manufacturing and running the equipment plus the cost of the air pollution it continues to allow or increases make it less efficient than using the same resources to create renewable energy plants which replace coal or gas directly. Not only does carbon capture hardly work at existing plants, but there is no way it can actually improve to be better than replacing coal or gas with wind or solar directly. So the latter will always be better no matter what in terms of the social costs. You can't just ignore health costs or climate costs as well. Okay, so there are many people that propose that carbon capture would be useful in the future even after we have stopped burning fossil fuels to lower atmospheric carbon level, even assuming these technologies run on renewables. Smarter investment have to come into place. In option, they are currently disconnected from the fossil fuel industry, such as reforestation, a natural version of air capture, and other forms of climate change solution focus on eliminating other sources of emissions and pollution. So this includes reducing biomass burning and reducing halogen, nitro-oxide and methane emissions. So there's a lot of reliance on carbon capture in theoretical modeling and by focusing on that as even a possibility that diverts resources away from real solution. It gives people hope that you can keep fossil fuel power plants alive. It delays action. In fact, carbon capture and direct air capture are always opportunity costs. Let's brainstorm to more ways on how we can save our precious earth. Stay tuned to our next podcast and I look forward to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to the Spacey Podcast. My name is Angelina. So glad to have you with me and to follow me on the Instagram of the Spacey Podcast. And drop your comments for sharing is loving. Have a great day guys. is the third planet from the sun 
You're right. It is the third planet from the sun, and the only place we know of so far that's inhabited by living things, and that's us included. While Earth is only the fifth largest planet in the solar system, it is the only world in our solar system with liquid water on the surface. Yep, you got it right. Not only is it the fifth largest planet in the solar system, it is the only world in our solar system with liquid water on the surface. Just slightly larger than the nearby Venus, Earth is the biggest of the four planets closest to the Sun, all of which are made of rock and matter. The name Earth is at least one thousand years old. So all of the planets except for Earth were named after a Greek and Roman gods and goddesses. However, the name Earth is a Germanic word which simply means the ground. So what is the size and the distance of Earth? With a radius of three thousand nine hundred fifty-nine miles, and that is six thousand three hundred and seventy-one kilometers, Earth is the biggest of the terrestrial planet and the fifth largest planet overall. From an average distance of ninety-three million miles, and that is one hundred fifty million kilometers, Earth is exactly one astronomical unit away from the Sun, because one astronomical unit. The distance from the sun to Earth, the unit provides an easy way to quickly compare planets' distances from the sun, and it only takes about guess how long? Eight minutes for light from the sun to reach our planet. So every day in the morning, when you wake up to the rising sun, it takes eight minutes for light from the sun to reach Earth. So as Earth orbits the sun. It completes one rotation every twenty-three point nine hours. It's not the twenty-four hours that we know. It takes one rotation every twenty-three point nine hours. So it takes three hundred sixty-five point two five days to complete one trip around the sun. The extra quarter of a day presents a challenge to our calendar system, which counts one year as. Three hundred and sixty-five days that we know. So to keep our yearly calendars consistent with our orbit around the sun, every four years we add one day, and that is why I talk about this topic this month. And that day is called a leap day, and it happens in February. And the year is added to is called a leap year. So Earth axis of rotation is tilted. Twenty-three point four degrees with respect to the plane of Earth orbit around the Sun. This tilt causes our yearly cycle of seasons. So during part of the year, the northern hemisphere is tilted toward the Sun, and the southern hemisphere is tilted away. With the Sun higher in the sky, solar heating is greater in the north, producing summer there. Less direct solar heating produces. Winter in the south. So six months later, the situation is reversed. When spring and fall begin, both hemispheres receive roughly equal amounts of heat from the sun. In my next podcast, I'm going to share with you what really is Earth, our planet that we're actually residing on right now, composed of.
what is Earth and how it affects our life. Hmm. Let's discover today how Earth affects us all. Hence, how we are changing as humans. However, today it affects also from our health to our whole lives. Now, let me just break into something that is simpler. What is Earth? Earth is our planet. It was created about four billion years ago. Our planet actually works as a living creature. Imagine a very big cell with so many complex functions because of its age. It has experienced so many changes from ice age to global warming. No other planet that we know of until now is like it. Moreover, it created changes to all the creatures that live on it, from the huge dinosaurs to bacteria. It changes them all throughout their existence. What are we? Scientists believe that the first form of life are bacteria. Moreover, life started more than three million years ago on this planet in the form of cyanobacteria. Therefore, life started at the oceans, and it evolved as an animal on the continent. Moreover, the first mammal was a creature similar to a mouse. As the planet changed, it changed also to how we look today. What is our relation to Earth now? Although nature is complex for us to understand, we do know that we depend completely. Diet is the first advice you will get from your doctor to take care of your health. Hence, our food is health, or not, if the soil is healthy or not. All the vegetables and fruits absorb the nutrients we need from earth and its soil. In addition, meat is also good if the animals get their own nutrients. From the nature food. Have you ever needed to take any magnesium for your muscles or calcium for your bones? Well, you originally have all these matters from food. Similarly, as the other nutrients, in detail, matters come from rocks, which turn to soil. I repeat, in detail. Matters come from rocks, which turn to soil. Hence, the plants and animals absorb them for us to have in our body. Nature can also harm us. Not all natural products are good. Unfortunately, we live in a world that environmental pollution threats our health because of greed. However, nature can harm us too. Science has proved that there are natural sources of pollution that can harm us as well. For instance, Bangladesh faces a huge problem on their drinking water. Their water has arsenic and is a natural source. Medical geology is a relevantly new science that studies how Earth can harm our health. In addition, it investigates how natural materials that we use in industry. Can affect our body. Going green for our own well-being. Governments and medias may sometimes mislead us to believe that going green is costly, or is not possible. However, the cost on our life and health is much higher. By protecting the environment, we protect ourselves. However, to do that, we must learn what harm us and what benefit our health. In order to do what we should trust the science, although we will always learn more and more on the relation we have with nature, 
whatever we know now can use them to protect us and the future generations. Okay, all right. I must admit, I am a self-admitted ardent Star Wars fan. Okay, so all the Trekkies out there know that space is the final frontier. Yogis know that space is both the final and the primal frontier. Even though there are 1,118 elements included on the periodic table at this point, they are all derived from just five. Yep, you heard me right, just five elements. In India, there are originally five elements that were known as the five great elements. It's also pronounced, I'm going to pronounce this slowly, okay? It's also known as the Pachamahabhuta. Also, what I have just said, the five great elements. Beginning with the most subtle, each element builds on the one before it. They are space, or actor, air, fire, water, and earth. Now, Akasha may sound like a hip new agey term, but it has actually been a concept in Hindu, Hindu philosophy for a long time from which yoga and ayurveda are derived for millennia akasha is the first and most subtle of the great elements when we think of space we often think of it as being empty right so however akasha is the space in which air fire water and earth come together as creation it exists before anything else that come into being and it is that which everything will return to i repeat akasha is the space in which air fire water and earth come together as creation it exists before anything else and it is that which everything will come and return to Ayurveda, the traditional Hindu medicine system, and the sister science of yoga teaches us that space, along with air, is the stuff of which vata dosha is made. When vata dosha is in balance, we may feel weak, underweight, have digestive difficulties, and suffer from free-floating anxiety and nervousness. Balance, vata dosha, means that we are creative, energetic, and expressive. Vata may not be experienced through the physical senses, but it can be felt through its effects. It is our thoughts, words, ideas, and beliefs. Akasha is the space through which these things move beyond the arteria and into the manifested form. don't see they don't even experience our life 
the inexpressible inner conscious space in all of us brings seeing and experiencing into our lives. We are not our thoughts about ourselves. We are the one conscious space in all of us that's giving rise to thoughts. We are the inexpressible cosmic silence we can find inside ourselves. We are the consciousness in the universe appearing as human beings. When we pay attention to this inner conscious space, it dissolves us into itself and brings insight and intuition emerging from it into our awareness. Consciously realizing the inner space helps us to enter into the stillness and silence of this cosmic presence and bring its clarity and wisdom into our life. Sometimes though, we can be so busy in the everyday world that we forget the spacious inner dimension of our being. Choosing to focus our attention inwardly helps us to make the shift from separation to wholenessness and intuitively realize ourselves as unique human expression of one unlimited cosmic consciousness rather than seeing ourselves as separate and alone. As we reach into the silence of this conscious space within our attention, it dissolves us into itself and we realize there is one conscious awareness in all of us. We can find the seamless one space in all of us that brings us into a deeper, intuitive connection to people we know and the silent inner space that allows us to dissolve the separation thinking that sometimes makes us feel inadequate or unhappy. And we can assess a stream of intuitive insights that will help us to live in sync with the synchronistic intelligence that orchestrates the whole universe. If we are giving too much time and attention to our thoughts, rather than one conscious space inside all of us that our thoughts emerge from, we can lose touch with something important to our well-being. The calm, unlimited cosmic space in all of us knows each of us as an expression of itself and is always available to us. We are consciousness in the universe, mysteriously transforming itself into the precisely orchestrated biochemistry of our bodies, allowing us to live life as a human being. The inner awareness space we find inside ourselves is cosmic consciousness itself. The quiet presence of conscious awareness prior to all thinking. This single conscious space exists inside all of us and becomes knowable as we allow our thinking to dissolve away. We are not our thoughts. We are the stillness and the silence of now. The presence of one conscious space inside all of us.